0: The sounds grew louder as they drew closer towards the playground attached to the side of black gang chine. Then the laughter began to change. It morphed from the soft innocent chiming of children at play to more of a cackling, a sound that resonated somewhere a lot more guttural, goading Doggett, mocking him. Whoever was laughing now was a menace, with no other motive than to evoke sick pleasure from another's misery. Maybe, Doggett thought, his very own. Another sound cut through the midst of the ghostly cackling that brought the world crashing back around him. A scream. A screeching, painful scream.
1: everyone and welcome back to another episode of dead men talk hope you're all doing well and getting ready for one of my favorite times of the year you know halloween is uh, very very close indeed so i hope you're getting your plans in place to have a spooky one as best we can in these strange times you know nobody really knows this year how it can be celebrated um I must admit we're not we're not big on trick or treating or that in our family but we we always try to uh we always try to to make a thing of it you know our uh, our, our twins absolutely live for halloween and christmas obviously so this time of the year they're uh, very very excited so we're trying to keep that alive for them but uh back here on dead men talk um following on from last week i continue to delve into the stories that make up a necessary end and um, what we're looking at today is what was the second sort of main story that existed in Black Gang originally um, it is actually if you take the the interlude stories so the original stories I lifted from House of Courtney and uh, Black Gang uh, it's actually the fifth one that exists in The Necessary End under the new guys but it is the, uh, the story entitled A Road to Nowhere and this one It's quite straightforward for me to talk about really because as much as Passenger 29 was based on an actual historical event that happened around the village of Black Gang or close to the village of Black Black Gang, um, Road to Nowhere is again directly influenced by a more modern occurrence but again something that occurred in Black Gang, something that is definitely part of their history still today. and again, it came from the same, same time again. This one, the idea for, for Road to Nowhere actually came to me around that same time that I got the idea going for Passenger 29. Because it was during my research into Black Gang, just preparing for this, this family holiday, uh, where I was discovering all this history that existed in this, this village, um, that I, I discovered something that occurred which um, had some correlation as well to my last visit there, not directly but um, where Black Gang is situated on sort of the the south coast of the Isle of Wight it's in such location that it's very prone to landslides to erosion um, and it has had what I can gather quite a few sort of major landslides in its history and the last sort of major one occurred in 1994, which was coincidentally the last time that I had visited the Isle of Wight and Black Gang um, before this trip that we were taking in 2016. So sort of finding a loose connection there, I I, I felt I there was definitely an idea of something that I could incorporate into this book um this next chapter of the the or jack story that i i was basing down in black gang it's just inspired by what i was finding out about the village you know all the time um so yeah it, in january 1994 there was let's say a major landslide um properties were lost thankfully as far as i'm aware nobody nobody died uh, it was more sort of, you know, a massive part of the the actual land down in Black Gang uh, fell away. I think it was about sort of 12 houses or so, I think, were lost. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, a, it was a major happening that changed not only the face, the physical face of the village, but obviously had a major impact on life there, and it has done since. So much so that if you go to Black Gang Chine, the amusement park, they've got a... Uh, an installation, like a, an experience, you know, a landslide experience, sort of thing. It's it's kind of like a a small museum which is dedicated to this particular landslide. And I've not been able to to view it completely because it's not something at the moment that my kids are really that interested in. Um, but it's definitely something that I i want to revisit next time I go down there and find out more about what happened. But for for me, just knowing that this happened. And you know fairly recently, you know at the time it was only um twenty two years since, and like I say it was the, it was the time of it was the last it occurred in the same year that I last visited the island, so um it it really did call on my most recent memories that I had at that point of the Isle of white and black gang, which you know as few and far between as they were, so I I decided that there was there was definitely something that I could link into a story and particularly one that involved the trick-or-jack um, and I think out of the three sort of main short stories that existed in Black Gang, this is probably the most central one um, because it drew in one of the other characters that I'd created in the, the sort of narrative story, the backstory that was being told in between the short stories in the book And what really grabbed me when I found out about this, the event that had happened, the landslide that had happened, is it made you think just how quickly something can be there and then not. It was literally within a matter of moments. There was, for the people that are living there, there's a chunk of your home. You know, for some cases, your actual home just disappeared. And what exists there um in some form or another at the moment is there there is a site which is the very uh, at the very point almost where this landslide occurred. Um there is uh, it, it it part of the what was the military road, the main road sort of uh, through Black Gang, it fell away. And if you go to a certain point you can actually it's still fenced off, uh, with like road close sign on it and everything so you, and you can see that the where the road just just stops just runs off the edge of the the earth almost and so that's as creepy as it was in itself um, that you can still see that and you can still visit that, it's still fenced off as if it's fresh, you know they've done nothing else with it obviously because it's it's, it's very unstable land there now so all they've got to do is stop people going on there but it has become quite a a beacon for people who have got this interest in Black Gang China or its history or both or whatever, to visit it, and I've seen reports of some people actually like jumping the fence, getting pictures on the other side of the fence you know on that ground, which uh, which is only just hanging on there almost um, but, but one of the, the, the most the eerieest um, aspect of this I think that I found out when I was researching it is as well as this road that goes to nowhere, which is where the title comes from, Road to Nowhere. There is also or there was up until fairly recently, there was even part of one of the areas in Black Gang Chine existed there. So when the landslide occurs, or every time there is a small sort of landslide around Black Gang, they have to move parts of the park. It is actually shrinking. Um there is a great book out there uh, just a you know small sort of you know locally written book uh, called the Black Gang, the disappearing village, just kind of explains how this place is shrinking all the time because the land is is falling away into the sea. Um, so Black Gang Chine, being where it is, right on the edge, it is it's getting smaller and smaller all the time because they're having to move parts of it inwards. Um, the more that they get these erosions. Um, there was one area if you if you look on the history, I mean, Wikipedia is great for this, this is where I sort of found out a lot about this. But you can see all all the areas, all the different themed areas that they've had over the years. There's one called Adventureland, which, um, if I read from the, the Wikipedia page itself so Adventureland um, included a collection of old military vehicles and a replica of the spacecraft from the Disney movie Spaceman and King Arthur a representation of the NASA mission control and uh, it was closed after the landslide in 1994 and the the, the derelict remains of that area actually they still exist Um, and within that area the one thing that really pulled me in and said to me, "There is a story here that's needing to be written," is the the structure um, of the of the, the Mission Control section of the park was still there, um, more or less a shell, but there was also an old like nineteen fifties Wicksteed roundabout that was part of the playground in Adventureland which was still there Um, I saw pictures of it and it was literally, it was just in situ and it's one of those things where you can see if you ever see these pictures of theme parks or places, abandoned places, like there's a lot of old Olympic venues um, Olympic sports venues and theme parks and that which for whatever reason just been abandoned and and it's overgrown Um, it's really creepy and this roundabout is just there and you just imagine you know the joy that it brought one minute then all of a sudden it's not been used it's been abandoned and it's still existed there it it has unfortunately been re- well, unfortunately or fortunately whichever way you look at it it's been removed now um i'm hoping along with some of the others in the 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 same sort of black gang Chine fan group um that Black Gang Chine hopefully have recovered it themselves and may well be putting it into some kind of use or you know as a focal point or museum or something at some point and it's not just lost Um, so it's no longer there but back in 2016 when we were planning this trip and I was researching this and writing this story it was still there so when we went over finally it was one of those as well as visiting Black Gang Chine the amusement park itself I had to see this I had to visit this site um, where you reach the end of the road to see that road close sign to see that fence which stops you from going any further and to see that roundabout really it was it was an odd thing to want to do but it was just that that feeling that there was somewhere which brought so much joy one minute and then something happened Mother Nature plays her part and all of a sudden it is it is no more but it's just it is still exists in situ just you know nothing overgrowing it's just an eerie reminder of what 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 used to be there so much like i did with passenger 29 i wanted to take that natural occurrence this actual event and put my own spin on it and, and sort of link it into what i was writing about and in some way, putting forward an idea of, okay, maybe you know this landslide in reality is natural, considering the landscape where this place is. But in my world, what if there was another sort of supernatural explanation for what happened? And it was the per the more I thought about it, it was the perfect setting to have the trick or jack come and play one of his sick games and um, what I wanted to do is, is the the backstory, the narrative element of, this, of the book of Black Gang as I mentioned in the last episode was a guy called Taylor Pike who um, is, embarks on a, a bit of a quest of his own following these cryptic messages which take him to Black Gang messages that are left by the tricker jack himself, luring him to Black Gang which as we find out in passage 29 he has a link to it himself this is almost like his if he had a spot on earth which was his home it would be Black Gang so he's, he's calling him back there Taylor Pike is, is has no idea why but um, he in one of his messages he is asked or told to seek out a guy called Papa Loco now anyone who follows me on social media at the moment will will recognize the name papa loco it is um it's a moniker that i've given to a a character that i portray in some of my um promotional pieces but the the name actually was first used in black gang for this one character and he is he's sort of an, he's an older an older guy living in black gang who has his own harrowing backstory. Part of Taylor Pike's journey takes him to meet up with Papa Loco and learn of, you know, of, of things that have happened to him and why. He he's, he Papaloko lives as a bit of a, an outcast in Black Gang at the time that this story is taken. It, it, so the, the times that Taylor his meeting with Taylor Pike is taking place, um, basically as a result of of what happened on this night that is explained in The Road to Nowhere and the character of Papaloko Papaloco is a, a moniker given or a nickname given to him or bestowed upon him by the locals you see him now it's a little bit crazy because he he seems to live in the past he's um, probably a rec- somewhat of a recluse um, he's been deeply affected by what happened in the road, you know, like I say, the, the events that unfold in road to nowhere. Um, but his his real name is Johan Doggett. I have no idea why I decided to call him Johan, really. I, I can't remember where that came from. Um, uh, Doggett is a nod to Robert Patrick's um character in The X Files, Agent Doggett, as uh, my wife and I were busy watching um, the whole. X Files series around this time, yeah. so yeah, I, I I borrowed the surname from that. A lot of the writing around this time, going into Black Gang, and then even into, uh, or especially into when I wrote the third instalment of the World of Apocalypse, which came shortly after I finished Black Gang. Um, there is there are some some references and some sort of you know, nods to the X Files, so this was one of them um, in the use of that name, but. The depiction of the character physically, I had a very clear image of what Johann Doggett looked like and what he was like. And if anyone wants to Google it or if anyone's familiar with the film, it Kenneth Branners uh nineteen ninety four film Frankenstein, um ninety four comes up again. It's uh it's uh it must be something to do with that year and me <laughs> in the this stage. But but yeah, his his um his version of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. John Cleese had a character in that film called Professor Waldman, and it was that sort of image. It was a it was a tall guy with long grey hair, um, quite rough looking, but you know if you looked into his face, very intelligent. If you spoke to him, very intelligent, but tortured at the same time. Um, There's a couple of bits of dialogue uh, that I again was inspired by that character. In Frankenstein, as well, that I, I did use to sort of pad out um, Johan Doggett. And um, it, yeah, it was just uh, that image was so clear to me, and I just I, I felt sorry for this guy in particular while I was writing this. So it gets to the backstory part of when Taylor Pike meets with, finally meets Papaloka Johan Doggett. And he. Eventually gets him to tell him about what happened, you know why he lives like he does, and why you know, what affected him, and then we go into the story of the road to nowhere, which I I tried to I I don't think I reference in a particular year or timeline, but it's suggested. Obviously, it's in the past. In my mind, I was writing in nineteen ninety four. the 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 event was the event I described and the event I used of the landslide was supposed to be as it was you know, when it was so by the time Taylor Pike goes there you're probably talking about sort of 20 years later that that Johan Doggett's been living with this story Um, but it was I wanted it to be a classic sort of you know, story to make people hate the Trigger Jack you know, if you didn't already um, so it's centered around the the misfortune that that befalls a group of kids, who are blissfully playing, but probably at a time of day that they shouldn't have been. You know, it's it's set at night. They they've been lured to Adventureland in Black and Shine by an older brother, or one of them's older brother. Um, the trick or Jack, the trick or Jack exists as more of a phantom at this stage. I mean, he the the parents seem to know of him, and they're fearful of him, because there is a mention early on that, um, I, th- I think one of the parents runs in and and said the kids, the kids, they're they're playing in the park, which, you know, a few of them sort of shrug it off. It doesn't sound like any any problem, but then one of them was said he's there, and Johan Doggett knows he's got this kind of untold link to. Unspoken link to the Trigger Jack, so he he's fearful, more probably more fearful than than the others. But all the parents um run from where they are in the pub and go to try and find their kids.
0: He's here. She told him. The pain subsided enough for Doggett to straighten up. Now feeling the accusing stares of everyone, including his son and daughter-in-law, he slowly nodded and found the strength to speak. Where? He asked Deborah. Inside the park. I saw him walk through the gates. They must be in there. Before she finished, the door slammed back against its frame as Johan Doggett ran, ignoring the sharpening pains in his chest across the green, down the stretch of the main road through the village to where the massive smuggler statue awaited him.
1: And this all plays out, really, as just one of the Trickerjacks' sick games. Um, and he's playing really with the mind of Johann Doggett, That's that's the real thing that's going on here. And this kind of tells tells a story of why Johann Dogget, um became so removed from everyone, and it became this sort of reclusive character. And it's it's tragedy that from from what happens, tragedy befalls his family. I won't say too much more because the story still exists in the so necessary end. Again, a lot like Passenger Twenty Nine and all the ones that. I've included in the sorry end I've not altered them from what they were when they existed in original form in House of Courtney and Black Gang. so I'd quite like people to go and read it really rather than sort of tell everyone what happens on here but um, i like I've done with the others i integ- I wanted this story in there, even though I didn't include the backstory of Taylor Pike. And him being a black gang, which really knits together all of these stories that I based in black gang um perfectly um I still wanted to to have it in there, so this it becomes one of one of the stories that the the main Courtney character and then the Soy from Courtney is regaling to um zach charlie the the new sort of teenage protagonist in this one, and yeah it's it's just it's used as a a way for him to continue and elaborate on the the story of his family, his Courtney family's tortured past, because it is through the Tricker Jack that the Courtney family carries his curse. So this is really sort of it. It's still used to confirm how twisted the Tricker Jack really is. You know, you just in case you were feeling sorry for him, coming off the back of Passenger Twenty Nine. Um, but the way that I split these the, the Black Gang stories up in a Necessary End, uh, whereas in Black Gang you fed from Passenger 29 through to Road to Nowhere, so you possibly were starting to think of them as sort of humane in one sense, or at least having a human past. When I put them together in a Necessary End, I decided I, I'd alter the the order so that it made more sense. So you've got stories from House of Courtney sort of being um, interspersed in between the Black Gang ones so from from learning of John Jonathan Courtney's plight in Passage 29 then you go on to to hear Remedia and the Killing Floor and then the Trigger Jack story, the original one, so by the time you get to Road to Nowhere you've, you've kind of got an idea of how this, this Courtney family curse has evolved and how despicable this character is the Trigger Jack, so yeah um, I hope it still works in in a so end as much as it did in Black Gang. Really, just to kind of just hammer home, this guy is not very nice. <laughs> yeah. What he what he's willing to do for fun. That's really that's probably the the clearest message that comes from a road to nowhere. Is um, is this is all a game to him, and what he does affects a great deal of people. Uh, much like the, the actual, um, landslide event did, um, thankfully, not any loss of life like there is in this one, but, um, it affects the locals there. You know, this, this landslide event that happens that I, I replicated in the road to nowhere through one swift action of the trigger jack, the, the road, the land, um, that these people are on falls away, um, so in in the purpose of this story, the the reason for the landslide and um, the tragedy is simply the trick or jack just having a bit of fun, which is not fun at all. But you know, hopefully, gets you to hate this guy because as the story goes on, there's there's a bit of a hint in a later story which I'll cover probably in the next episode um, of. Maybe a hint of regret, maybe a hint of humanity that still lingers in the trick or jack. Um, before again, your opinion of him probably changes again. I could never decide really. Along the way, I had the option of of possibly turning the trick or jack. You know, in the end, into not a good guy necessarily, but at least you know aware of his actions. And ramifications and maybe having some sort of remorse uh not in this one the road to nowhere is very simply me taking an actual event putting my supernatural spin on it and just another display of the tricker jacks um sick mind so <laughs> there you go and and like i say helped um helped sort of pad out the character of Johan Doggett as well, who, who was, I didn't want to just be a bit part in um, in an, in Black Gang, I didn't want him to be just sort of one of the waypoints on Taylor Pike's journey, I, I wanted him to be one of the main characters, and he, he, he remains there then uh, throughout the rest of the book in Black Gang um, it's just a shame really that I couldn't find another way of integrating him back into a necessary end, but he just didn't Apart from the, the very end of the next story that I'll discuss on the next episode, um, I do include Johan. I, I keep Johan Doggett's role at the end of that story in a necessary end, but he doesn't figure anywhere else really. He, he might have got a cursive mention along the way from Ephraim Courtney just to kind of. Um, yeah, just, just to kind of sort of make make the link between this story and him. But he's a character I would quite like to go back and revisit. Um he was an interesting one, really. I, I think if I went back and 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 try re- tried to to write about another one of my characters, a bit like I did with the trigger jack. He was just meant to be to begin with, he was just meant to be one story and then I decided to go back and do a bit more. But I, th- I think Johan Doggett possibly would be an interesting one to go back and and try out. And see if I can uh, sort of tell a bit more of his story, because uh, cause bless him, in those twenty years um, between you know Road to Nowhere and and when Taylor Pike meets him, uh, you can imagine the the anguish he goes through. He he loses his family as a result of what happens in the Road to Nowhere. Um, so yeah, you know, probably a, a a tragic story waiting to be told. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, but that yeah. That that's that was pretty much it. That's the the road to nowhere. Very uh, a very precise inspiration behind it. The the landslide in ninety four just gave me the uh, the actual road to nowhere. That that road that just stops now on the other side of this this fence. Um, you can see it. The f- I think it's the fact that you can go and you can still visit. You can still see the physical uh, result and devastation that this landslide caused and that roundabout which sadly is no longer there but um, if you if you google black gang china landslide 1994 you can find a lot of news articles, local news articles, national news articles on it um, especially ones celebrating the 20th and 25th anniversary they, they, they sort of commemorate it but you'll also probably find pictures of this derelict part of black gang china amusement park which the land still exists the structure of the mission control i believe is still there but the roundabout is sadly no longer there hopefully it'll pop up again somewhere but that that was that was the main thing that drew me in it was just this creepy idea this this playground really um was the was the um the setting for such a traumatic event and i i just blew up this this natural event into um into my own my own version of something horrific so <laughs> yeah lucky like you do but uh, yeah, hope you found that interesting same same as the, I'm enjoying recalling uh, the Black Gang stories in particular because they really were it, those two, Passenger 29 and Road to Nowhere were, really were as a result of, of actual research I did, it's the first time I I enjoyed and I I really had fun researching and and playing with these events that happened. Um but the next story that I will discuss that came from Black Gang which is again in Necessary End um will be what was the final story in Black Gang. And it is one of the penultimate stories in Necessary End so we are getting to we will be getting to the the sort of final part of it. Um but the next episode I'll be looking at Queen of Scars which it did have, still had influence from Black Gang Chime um, which I'll discuss, but in the story itself was me returning to a setting that I was very comfortable with um, which was the same kind of it's the same influence that came with the Trigger Jack story, it was my it was more depiction of my my image of the underworld I was I was going back there so again it was it was my way of carrying on the original story of the Jack, where I'd laid the foundations with the first two stories on things that he'd been up to before this was him and his true setting so yeah join me for that episode where I delve into Queen of Scars and you've probably only got a few more episodes left really to dissect the necessary end which will be a shame I'm really really loving sort of going back and recalling this this book breaking it down towards pieces but there's still some good bits to come yet so uh join me next week um and as ever please do like subscribe share um i appreciate any feedback any new listeners any recommendations and i'll be calling out to you in a few weeks just for you know any any particular topics you want me to cover on future episodes um because once i finish dissecting this book it'll pretty much going to be an open 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 playing field so you know I'll have fun with that but thank you yeah thank you for everyone who supported the podcast please continue to do so and um grab your copies of the book I will say at the moment because I think by the time this episode comes out uh let only be a few days off you will be able to get the kindle copy of A Necessary End for free on amazon only for five days leading up to halloween so um keep an eye on my social media follow me on Instagram at Um find me on Facebook Chris Tetroble Author or at CTB Author um, I'll be putting out full details and the dates and, and everything I've got the link up there but you can grab your Kindle copy of A Necessary End to go alongside this series of the podcast so you can get it for free if you even if you want to read it later on down the line after listening to all these episodes um, and also don't forget about the audiobook as well so if you want to follow um, Dave Jackson as he brings this this book to life so thank you again and I will uh, speak to you all
0: next week and now for my next trick he exclaimed brandishing his cane proudly in the air as if he were a circus master his voice then dropped to a sickly whisper intended for an audience of one I will make everything in your world disappear. His words hung in the air between them for a few moments while he let the reality, the horror, sink in. As soon as he saw Doggett's eyes widen, darken and glisten all at once, he knew that it was time. His heart could take no more, which was the perfect time to take away all that the man loved. Doggett could only watch as Ackerley brought his other arm forward, raised it and bent it at the elbow and simply clicked his fingers with that one action everything before him fell away
1: the sound samples used in this episode are from the audiobook version of a necessary end narrated by dave jackson and is available for download on audible and amazon if you like what you hear and if you've enjoyed this episode, please do check out the audiobook as well as the ebook and paperback copies of A Necessary End, also available through Amazon and all good bookstores online. <laughs>